You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to reflect back on 2020 and look ahead to 2021. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I have started building the chicken coop. Yay! (laughs) I was sort of... I think overwhelmed by getting started because I've never really done a lot of work with power tools and I've never done a building project like that. Mm -hmm. So I had gotten all the supplies, but then they were just sitting in our garage floor. But with how the weather is, I was really feeling like my chickens needed a place Mm -hmm. (laughs) to live that's more permanent than their situation now. I think they're perfectly safe and perfectly happy, but I think this will take their quality of life to the next level. So I started it. I cut roof rafters with my circular saw. I used my circular saw to cut the boards for the framing. I've been doing some hand sanding and building up some real muscles in my back and arms. I can feel them because I never do any working out. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, all that sanding makes you really strong. So I'm feeling good. It's going to happen. It's going bit by bit, but I am excited for it to be done. I cannot wait to see the completed project and whatever future projects you tackle with your new skills and tools. (laughs) What's new with you, Sarah? I'd like to give an update on some holiday traditions I both talked about and did not talk about. First, this is the second year I've made a plan to bake something special every weekend in Advent, and Mm. the second year I have not done that. So I think I'm just (laughs) throwing that plan out the window. It does not work for me. It's too much stress. I have been making Chex Mix every weekend, so there is that. (laughs) That's a baking project. It is, but not exactly what I had in mind. Fair enough. So that tradition did not work out. But there is another tradition I forgot to mention on our holiday episode that I reconnected with this year, which is decluttering over Thanksgiving week while listening to minimalist podcasts. It is my love language. I love (laughs) taking stuff places and out of our house. Love how clean it is. It just feels so satisfying. And that energy of renewal, I feel so strongly when I'm doing that. It was not quite the same because my whole family was here and usually (laughs) I do that alone. (laughs) So there was a different energy around it, but it was still great. And I hope to continue that for many years to come. Love it. Now let's move into what we've been reading. Abby, what's your latest book? I just finished listening to The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue. This is a novel set over just three days in a 1918 influenza slash maternity ward. Okay. And the focus is on the midwife who's in charge of the ward during the daytime. It was a lot of babies being born and a lot of pandemic talk. Mm -hmm. I found it so fascinating to hear about her going to and from work, interacting in the world around the flu pandemic, and what people knew about it back then, Mm -hmm. and how healthcare workers were treated really poorly in a similar way that they're being treated now in this current pandemic, plus really vivid descriptions of babies being born, and, I mean, a lot of tragic stuff. This is not a light book. It worked for me. Because the audiobook was awesome, it's set in Dublin, so all of the Irish accents, which Mm -hmm. I really like that, and it's just so fast and compelling. It's over such a short period of time that 
it almost felt more like a movie to me than a book. And that was really my only complaint about it is that I don't know how much real character development or growth you get in a three-day story span. Right. But I still liked it. It was very intense, but it felt appropriate for our time. I have a question about that. Is that just a coincidence that this was published in the year of the pandemic? Did she write it very quickly after the pandemic started? From what I understand, based on the author interview at the end of the audiobook, she was mm-hmm. working on this already, Okay, but hurried to finish it to release it this year because it's so timely. Got it. That's something I've been wondering about as I've been reading books is how literature is going to reflect back on this time period and mm. what books are going to be coming out in the next few years that mm-hmm. capture this time that we're in. Yeah, totally. What have you been reading, friend? I finished The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And this is one that I had seen as being very popular, but didn't know anything about going into, which Mm. I love. It is set in Mallard, Louisiana, which is a community founded by light-skinned African Americans who were rejected by the white community, but saw themselves as superior to people with darker skin. Mm. The story follows Desiree and Stella, who are two twins born in the 1930s in that town, and as they near adulthood, their lives diverge as they make very different choices and lose touch. And then throughout the novel, we see what happens to them and to their children and how Mm. their lives intersect again in the future. I loved the exploration of colorism, which is something I don't think we talk about very often. Mm Mm-hmm. And what it means to pass as white and that interplay between what identity society is ascribing to you and what identity you have yourself and who defines people. I also love the look at how specific choices that the characters made early on affect the generations to come. It had this Mm. real sweeping feel of an epic novel that spans the decades. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes that feels hard for me because I feel pulled out of the story when it jumps ahead, but I really loved seeing how things played out for their kids and just thinking through those family dynamics. I would absolutely recommend it. It was beautifully written and one I'll be thinking about for a long time to come. My book club's talking about this in a few months, and I think we'll have a really rich discussion. Nice. Now let's move into our topic for today, which is the new year. But before we look ahead, let's reflect back on the year that was 2020. How would you describe your 2020 overall? And were there any major events that shaped your year, both good and bad? Overall, I would say 2020 was medium for me. Mm -hmm. This isn't an event necessarily, but it is something that happened, which is that I got my postpartum mood disorder treated with medication. And I would say that this year, my mood is as good as it has ever been in my whole life, which is a really interesting feeling because it's juxtaposed with this feeling of intense isolation of being in a new city during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Those aren't necessarily events. They're more situational things that happened this year. But my life really feels defined by both of those sort of highs and lows. Yeah, that makes sense. I would say that the last couple years have been no walk in the park for me and our family. 2019 was so awful for our family that 2020 has seemed relatively okay in comparison, even (laughs) given the pandemic 
and an election year and all of these big things we're going through as a society. Mm -hmm. The big event that has shaped our family has been Neil's work situation. Mm. If you recall this episode last year, I talked about how I felt like that was ending. They had finally gotten a new person in at the end of November to help relieve the work stress. Well, that person left a few weeks into us staying at home this spring. The worst. And so a lot of our family life has felt defined by how much work Neil has and how stressed out he's felt at work. And right when it happened, I just kept thinking, you know what a not good time to take on more responsibility at work would be? When we're all stuck at home together (laughs) and have more need to be available than ever before, Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. was less available than ever before. But we managed, and there's some good news coming. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Let's review our words from last year. What was your word, and how do you feel like you did? My word was connect. And I think during our mid-year check-in, I talked about how this has looked really different than I thought. When I chose it initially, I thought about connecting to our new city and making new friends Mm -hmm. and forming community in a new place. And so much of that has been limited by the pandemic. But I think I've still done it. I've connected in a lot of ways. And that's held true through the end of the year. I still don't feel super connected to the people of Birmingham Mm -hmm. just because... We're not spending that much time with people who aren't in our family. But through my daily walks, I do feel much more connected to our neighborhood and the physical place, Mm. which is a good feeling. And I also think that I'm more connected to myself with the improvements in my mental health. And also that the pandemic has pushed me to connect with Andrew. We've had some tough conversations that were forced by being at home altogether Mm -hmm. that we came through feeling more connected and then also connecting with my kids in a different and deeper way. I really did not expect to have them home so much this year. But through that, we've just connected differently. And it's been really interesting how that worked out. Yeah. What about your word for 2020? I picked the word prioritize. Honestly, I would give myself a solid B plus on implementing this throughout the year. (laughs) It wasn't what I expected it to be. But I do feel like I was able to really enjoy my family and the time we've had together. I've read more than I ever have, and I essentially stopped using social media. So I feel like I did prioritize my time to use it in ways that were meaningful and important to me. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been perfect, but as Glennon Doyle says, under the freaking circumstances, (laughs) I feel like I did all right. What are you happy to leave behind in 2020? The first year living in a new place, I think, is always hard. Yes. And we will never have a first year in Birmingham again. It's all more established Mm -hmm. home and roots from now on. Indeed. I am happy to leave behind online school, except maybe I won't be, but I'm (laughs) imagining right now that I will be. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yes. I completely understand the need to do this, but I do not love it. Our kids do not love it. And even if we do continue it, I'm hopeful that it's only for a short while Mm -hmm. and we can move back to regular school routines. May it be so. What are you hoping to carry forward? I would love to carry forward that deeper connection that I was talking about that we've cultivated within our own family. Mm -hmm. And I would also love to keep the daily walks going. Yes. Love a good walk. I am hoping to carry forward 
reading as much as I have been. It has been Mm -hmm. a real touchstone for me going through these months at home. And it's not as though I didn't read before, but has felt more important this year. And I just hope that it continues. I am also hoping to continue on the path that we have set for parenting. After doing a few months of parenting therapy, I really feel like Neil and I are on the same page and that we both feel like we have the tools and understand the mindset that we need to meet our kids where they are. And I just hope that we continue to practice what we've learned and support each other and our kids. Nice. What is the best thing you spent your time on this year? This is a fairly recent thing, but now both of my children are old enough to ride their bikes or trikes Mm -hmm. the half block to the park that's by our house and then ride around on the flatter sidewalks that are there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we stop and play on the playground. Sometimes we stop and look at the little creek that's there, but it's just really awesome. I love it. The best thing we spend our time on is what I just mentioned, parenting therapy. I wish we would have done this two years ago, but better late than never. And the time that Neil and I spent both reading books and talking to each other and spending the actual time with a therapist has paid so many dividends and was worth every minute. Love it. On the opposite side of things, what was your biggest time waster? I'm back with a classic, Merge Dragons, the phone game. (laughs) I played a lot of that this year. I think I have titrated down my usage in the past few months. <laughs> uh huh. Because it finally started to feel boring instead of mm-hmm. that numbing that I needed. That now it's just kind of dull. I'm still playing some, <laughs> but I felt like in the peak pandemic, I was all dragons all the time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in some ways, it's a time waster because I don't know what I really got out of it. But in other ways, I feel like that numbing quality Mm -hmm. really was what I needed. And so maybe it's not a time waster so much as a time suck, (laughs) something like that. Right. But if it wasn't dragons, it would be something else. Yeah, probably. What about yours, Sarah? Mine would be reading Facebook comments on public pages around the schools opening and closing in our community. I spent a lot of time doing this in July and August as the district was making these decisions. I am not sure what I got out of that. (laughs) (laughs) It was compelling to me, but I think I was justifying it thinking that it was helping me sort through my own thoughts and feelings, but really I think it disconnected me from what I truly believed was the right course for our family and our community Mm. and allowed me to not listen to myself for a while and Mm. just hear the noise. But it happened. The district made its decisions. We made our decisions. And since then, it's felt good to not be in that place. Good. How have you changed this year, either in big or small ways? As I said before, I have such a better handle on my mental health now. Mm-hmm. which has felt really good. And on the little bit lighter side, I really strongly identify as a chicken person now, and I did <laughs> not last year. <laughs> I love this. I have several friends who have gotten chickens this year, and it's great having so many chickens in my extended friend family now. <laughs> <laughs> One way that I've changed is that this is a year where I have started to really identify as a non-drinker in a mm. way 
that I would not have said in the past. I stopped drinking in the fall of 2019, and it was a fairly on-the-whim decision, but thinking through it and reading a few books this year has made me think about the ways that that defines me and claim that as an identity for myself. Hmm. That was 2020. Let's look ahead into the new year. Is there anything big that you already know will be happening this year? Plum will start kindergarten this fall, whether that's online or in person. We do Mm -hmm. not know. We shall see. Yep. Pepper may be headed for some kind of school. I'm not sure about that. Also up in the air, but hopeful that he could do it if, if that's an option. And then the big news for me is that I am planning to take some nursing school prereqs starting in the summer. Yeek! <laughs> Lots of school happenings. What's happening for y'all this year? The big thing we know is that in early January, Neil's boss is coming back. This is the person who left about two and a half years ago, and the department's been short-staffed on and off ever since then. And we are so glad that he's coming back. Yay, it yay, should yay. take a huge load off Neil and hopefully bring an end to this work stress saga that has consumed our family life for the last few years. It's been one of those things where seeing the end actually in sight, where we have a better picture of the outcome, mm. has made me acknowledge how heavy the weight has been on us, Mm. where it feels hard to really articulate that while you're in it because articulating it doesn't remove it in any way because Mm -hmm. it's situational. So seeing an end to it, it's like I can start to feel it leaving and brings a big smile to my face just thinking about how different 2021 will be because of that. I hope so. Me too. What word are you choosing for 2021? I'm picking steady. Mm. So much has happened and still may happen that I want to have a connection to that feeling of steadiness and groundedness within myself Mm -hmm. and that connection to our neighborhood and that connection to our family and even that connection to my values and the parts of my identity, whether it's chickens or whether it's political values. For me, it has felt easier to discern that stuff and to lean into it when I am not having as much interaction with the outside world. Hmm. And so as I'm looking toward 2021, and it seems like probably there will be more connection, Mm -hmm. that outside world, I am wanting to really tune back into that steadiness of self that I feel like I've reconnected to this year. Hmm. I love that. What's your word for 2021, Sarah? I picked the word joy. I did some journaling yesterday to brainstorm for the new year and just kept coming back to this word. Life has really not been easy these past two years, and I know that there are hard things to come in 2021, but it still has been good. That staying home this last year has given me such a deep gratitude for Neil and the kids That I also felt in 2019 Mm -hmm. when I was dealing with health issues. If I have to be stuck at home for months on end, I'm just so glad it's with them. I just Mm. really love my people. And that sense of contentment and gratitude is something that I want to really lean into this next year. One thing I thought about a lot this year is that we cannot 
control what is coming and we have no idea what is ahead, but we can control our own mindset. And I want to have one where I notice and I'm seeking out things that bring me joy. I love that intention. What do you see as the biggest challenges of bringing that intention to fruition? I think going back out in the world, like I said, really challenges connections within our family and to myself. Mm -hmm. I think finding my own center and tuning into it is hard. And I've had a lot of practice doing that this year, but especially when we're out in the world more and navigating what to us are still new environments, you know, new physical city, new social environments. Mm -hmm new things like nursing school prereqs and kindergarten for Plum and maybe a new school for Pepper. And as Andrew continues to encounter new things in this job that he's only had for a year, I think all of that new stuff pushes on the things that we know about ourselves mm. and challenges that listening that we do to ourselves. Yeah. The biggest challenge I'm imagining is figuring out how to fit in the things that I know bring me joy. Mm -hmm. This is similar to what I was thinking when I chose Prioritize last year, which is I know what I want to be using my time for, but it's actually making that happen because it's so easy to let other things slip in and for the day to disappear before you know what happened. One example is that I really want to play more music and be more creative generally, but there's not a time that I have set aside for that. Mm. And so it often doesn't happen. I think the same thing about playing games. We are at a great family game age where the kids can really engage in some more complicated games that are more fun for adults as well as the kids. Mm -hmm. But figuring out how to work that in is the challenge. I'm not sure if it sounds unjoyful to try and schedule in joy, but <laughs> I'm going with it and I'm going to attempt to do so. Love it. I think it's going to work great for you. Do you have any other more specific goals? So I bought the call map on Black Friday when they had a 50% off mm -hmm. deal. And a daily meditation practice, especially as I've seen you do it and I've seen my mom work meditation into her life, does mm -hmm. really help you cultivate that steadiness and connection to self. Mm -hmm. So I would love to incorporate some kind of meditation practice. And I'm hoping that the Calm app will help me get there, but I haven't started yet and I am not sure how that will look. So stay tuned. All right. Will do. I am also hoping to do more meditation this year. I started the year with a goal of meditating every day in 2020 and fell off the wagon sometime in late February or early March. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering now if an everyday goal isn't good for my personality because I feel very all or nothing. So once I have failed, it's like, oh, well, that didn't work <laughs> out. <laughs> so I'm wondering if I could do something more like try to meditate 300 times in the year where mm. there's some more wiggle room, but I can still feel like I'm making progress toward the goal that it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like I failed at one point just because I don't have a streak. So that's something I am contemplating. Another goal I have is to make full use of my lovely new planner. I have been doing some writing and journaling in my 2020 planner more this month in preparation, thinking about how I want to use my new one, what I want to be including in that, and just making it more a part of my routine. Nice. So hopefully that will bring me some joy. <laughs> I hope so too. Let's do our lightning round for favorite things of 2020. What was your favorite TV show? 
I had two favorites, Schitt's Creek and The Good Place. Mine is also Schitt's Creek. It has been such a delight. We're still working our way through, and I love it. It's so good. What was your favorite purchase? Chickens. (laughs) (laughs) No surprise there. No surprise. (laughs) What was yours? Curly hair products. Starting sometime in May, I got on the curly hair bandwagon. I haven't cut my hair since February, which is not ideal. (laughs) But I am loving having long curly hair again for the first time in years. Favorite secondhand win? I had a Craigslist alert all year for a slide for our dome climber. And it came through for me maybe in October. I zip tied that sucker up there, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Delayed gratification for the win. Mm -hmm. My favorite have been masks from Indiana University that we have found on the street. (laughs) (laughs) The university gave out masks to every student and faculty, but of Uh course, students lose theirs all the time, but they're very comfortable, nice masks. And so early on, when we didn't have a lot of masks, Neil found one on the road that we then quarantined and then washed, and then has been in our rotation. (laughs) And then I found one on the street later, and then Neil found another one. So we have three great masks. Thank you, IU, and irresponsible students. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite event of the year? This was an ongoing event, but I just really loved the science communication class that I taught online to Vanderbilt graduate students. Mm. It was such a different professional time, and I felt like we actually connected pretty well for Zoom, Mm -hmm. and I've corresponded with some of them after the fact and just really loved it. Nice. My favorite event was the surprise gathering of friends from near and far for my birthday just before COVID. In retrospect, it was so nice to have that time with good friends to connect before we weren't able to see people for so long. Yes. It filled my cup. Mine too. What is your favorite kids milestone that they achieved this year? I love how much Pepper is talking. We are a family of talkers and he is just joining right in. (laughs) Love it. Mine is E learning to read. We are now a family of readers and sitting all together reading our own books is just as amazing as I always imagined it would be. (laughs) Favorite guilty or not so guilty pleasure? Mine is TikTok. I got started because of the political comedy. Uh I stayed for the musical theater and the social justice learning moments that I have experienced there. TikTok is awesome. (laughs) Great. Mine was watching gymnastics on YouTube. There is a lot wrong with the sport of gymnastics, in my (laughs) opinion, but I still get a lot of joy out of watching it. And it was just the perfect amount of time. This whole second half of the year, I wasn't really watching TV. And watching just a few routines of a competition was just enough to eat a snack, but I didn't feel compelled to keep going and get sucked Mm. in the way I do with TV shows. And so it just Mm -hmm. felt like the perfect treat without moving into that less than great feeling that you can get in the middle of a screen binge. What was your favorite comfort food? Mine was dips, mm-hmm. all the dips, pub cheese from Trader Joe's, Dean's dip, homemade French onion dip. I'm about to make your spinach artichoke damn delicious dip in my Instant yes. Pot this week. I just love dips, mostly with chips, but also with vegetables. 
I just love a dip. (laughs) (laughs) You have made me and my kids key lime pie converts. Yes. We have made at least half a dozen this year, Mm. maybe more. Mm -hmm. So easy, but so yummy. When I am feeling lazy enough that making the key lime pie, which only has a few ingredients that you mix together (laughs) and pour in, just having a scoop of peanut butter with chocolate chips on top has been another favorite (laughs) in those evenings where I just need something to get me through. Nice. That's the end of our discussion about 2020 and looking ahead to 2021. Listeners, we would love to hear what you're excited about for the new year and what you're happy to leave behind in 2020. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. I want to talk about an Alfredo sauce. Mm. I have tried making Alfredo sauces in the past, but they often separate. Mm. So then there's the cream and then the butter part of it as opposed to being one sauce. Mm -hmm. But this one seemed to work out really well. It was a basic recipe from all recipes, cream, butter, garlic, and cheese. It did have you simmer the butter and the cream together for five minutes before adding the cheese and other things. So I'm wondering Mm. if doing that in some way helps it stay together more than whatever Mm. I was doing in the past. My kids did not love this, but I was really into it. I had a little bit of pasta in a lot of sauce (laughs) and was not sad about it. That's the ratio (laughs) I prefer as well. (laughs) What have you been eating? I made Doll Nirvana from Budget Bites, which was just your basic brown lentils, tomatoes, and spices and seasonings, a little butter and a little cream, and I loved it. I am the biggest lentil fan in our household, so I was tasked with eating all of the leftovers of this, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sad about it at all. Sounds delicious. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. Have you left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet? Just a reminder that we would love it if you would, and thank you if you already have. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I am planning to take some prerequisites, pre... This is a very hard word for me to say. You just say prereqs. <laughs> That's all do you for... Want to... Oh. I meant to put in the thing about the reviews, too, but I forgot to copy it over. So just do some ad-libbing there. Oh, yeah. I'm so (laughs) good at (laughs) ad-libbing. Yep.